Hello, this is Dr. Terry, and this is episode 14 of Chat with Dr. Terry, the podcast. First, this episode is way overdue. Um, it's been a while since I put up the topic, and you know, finally I got it recorded. I've entitled this episode, um, But Have You Considered Therapy? And really, I honestly feel like this topic is really important because I'm a clinician and, of course, I'm pro-therapy. And a huge part of why I wanted to get into the field and what I wanted a part of my mission as a psychologist to be was really decreasing the stigma around seeking mental health treatment. And when I started the podcast, this was actually one of the first topics that I recorded with a colleague of mine, Dr. Starkman. And it was kind of as a practice episode before I officially launched the first episode. So just to start as an FYI, let me just share some statistics on mental illness and health difficulties. Approximately one in five adults experiences mental illness in a given year. And about one in 25 individuals experiences a mental illness that significantly impacts day-to-day functioning. And of that number, only 40% received mental health services this past year. Because of the mind-body connection, mental health difficulties often directly impact and manifest in the body as physical ailments. So individuals who deal with mental health difficulties are also at increased risk for having chronic medical conditions. So really, when you think about it, if only 40% of individuals are seeking mental health treatment, what's really happening to the other 60%? you know, oftentimes at increased risk of developing health disparities. They're often struggling and for some suffering in silence. Um, These individuals are often isolating, numbing, and in denial. What's also really unfortunate is that because mental health difficulties and severe mental illnesses are invisible diseases, you cannot look at someone and tell or necessarily know if they're struggling emotionally. I intentionally titled this episode, but have you considered therapy because for whomever's listening that might be experiencing emotional challenges, that really praying it away, you know, all of the positive thinking and willpower hasn't resolved, therapy might be a necessary next step to really consider. And what's tough is that there's so much stigma around mental illness and the topic of mental health in general. That stigma within itself is often one of the biggest barriers to individuals, you know, getting better and feeling better. But if someone is struggling to maintain their mental well-being, avoiding therapy because of stigma to me really isn't worth it. So therapy, you know, when facilitated by a competent and ethical clinician, should be an environment when you can assess and better understand your difficulties where you can explore ways in which you can work through and resolve your difficulties, and as a result, gain some sense of relief. Of course, there's so many ways of doing this, which depends on um, the therapy modality that a therapist is using. So... I really wanted to use this opportunity to provide the perspective of the therapist, but also from the client or the patient's point of view, as I've been on the receiving end of therapy as well. Um, As I've had training and experience using various therapy modalities, I want to identify what I think are important components of a therapeutic relationship, what people could consider when looking into a therapist and potential outcomes and takeaways of therapy. So first, number one, A good therapist is a good listener. 
and not necessarily an immediate problem solver. And I think this is important because I think that oftentimes people go into therapy to have the therapist fix his or her problems. But really, a good therapist can gain an understanding of what you're experiencing, really take time to identify themes, make it make sense to you, and potentially offer solutions to help manage your difficulties, not necessarily solve your problems. This is different from just giving advice. You know, I think there's a misconception that a therapist is supposed to give advice, but what's more important is that the therapist helps you navigate patterns to help you manage the difficulties or distress you're experiencing. And help you process information to figure things out, not just get the solution. So to me, that's really important. Number two, when looking for a therapist outside of their qualifications, it could be important to have an understanding of his or her specialties, whether it's LGBTQI issues, adjustment, anxiety, work-life balance, navigating transition, um, grief, trauma, relationship difficulties, etc., It's really important to find someone who's really working within the area that you're struggling with. Number three, the relationship between you and your therapist should be a good fit. You know, I want people to feel empowered to choose, even if it takes shopping around and trying out different therapists, it's necessary. A therapist will often know more about you than a close friend or family member might know. And so the foundation of the therapeutic relationship needs to be there in order to foster the transparency in the therapeutic work. So that relationship piece to me is really important. Number four, it's important to know that therapy might not always feel good, especially in the beginning. Remember, you know, you're living in your head, you've had your life's experiences, but all of what you're experiencing is new to a therapist. So the first few sessions might be somewhat uncomfortable. You know, there's a huge vulnerability component. And even for some, exposure to talking about things that maybe haven't been addressed in a very long time or even ever. So expect it to feel somewhat icky and sting before things seem to even get any close to anything close to being better. Number five, um, therapy requires a marathon mentality. It's not a sprint. It's more of a delayed gratification concept. So it takes time to learn and unlearn ways of conceptualizing things, thinking differently, um, changing your ideas and behaviors that no longer serve you, you know, in effort to heal painful parts of yourself. Um, It takes time to learn alternative ways of reacting to situations and to people. So really understanding that it's not going to be a sprint. It's more of a marathon. One thing to also be reminded of is that your friends, whether they're in the field as therapists or not, are not your therapist. I think it's so important to be able to support your friends and to have that be reciprocated, but also recognizing that any advice they're giving you is likely biased because the relationship is you know, too close for the feedback to be objective. And for some, it could become taxing to be in the relationship with people who Um, you know, want this feedback from you all of the time and being in a relationship that's inundated with problems and issues that could probably be much better resolved in therapy and not in that friendship or relationship. So number seven, you know, one question that I've often gotten asked is what are the differences between a counselor versus a psychologist versus a clinical social worker, et cetera? 
And in my honest opinion, you know, the pro the program, the degrees and certifications that a therapist has is much less important than his or her competence and experience. I've worked with some master's level therapists who are much better clinicians than some doctor level clinicians. And as long as a person is well-versed and experienced with your particular issues and licensed, you know, or at least getting supervision from and working under someone else's license, then it's likely that you'll gain the outcomes of therapy that you're looking for. And number eight, you know, lastly, oftentimes the decision to be in therapy, yes, is of benefit to you, but it's often to learn how to navigate interpersonal relationships with people who should be in therapy themselves, but they aren't. Um, whether you know it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, platonic relationships, or relationships with your colleagues, sometimes therapy is you know useful to better understand how to deal with those people that are in your life. And ultimately, um, if therapy could be more of a seriously considered option, a lot of the negativity we see in society, in my opinion, could be better managed and resolved. My goal is always to open up the discussion and to have people start thinking of things and talking about things a little bit differently. A good resource that I often recommend to people um, to use when they're looking to find a therapist in their area, and one that I personally use when I you know, was looking for a therapist when I was in graduate school, is Psychology Today. That's P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-O-G-Y-T-O-D-A-Y.com. And also you can, you know, use word of mouth, looking within your insurance company um, in your network, or simply doing a Google search with the qualifications of the type of therapist you're looking for. Um, and any of those different outlets are a good start. So seeking and accepting help doesn't have to be so taboo. Um, I think it's less scary than it seems. And I hope that this topic, you know, shifts your perspective a little bit and opens up your mind to thinking about considering therapy. As always, thanks so much for listening.